0: Hey, man. Hey, welcome to the Sons of Thunder. I'm Joel Sedeckes. And I'm, and I'm Settacase. Parker Seticase. Yeah. And today we're... <laughs> um, hey, listen, man, you know what? Um, I was thinking about something, and I wanted you to know that even though no one told you life was going to be this way, um, even though... Uh, I'm
1: surprised you know this. Hold on. My um, opinion of you has uh, plummeted. I guess you don't know. You're having to Google it right now. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm Googling it. All right. So I want you to know, even though no one told you life was going to be this way, uh your job's a joke. That's yeah. true. You you're broke. Add, you gotta add some claps. Your your love life is DOA, man. I talked to Julie. She's like, Yeah, yeah it's DOA. Um, it it's it's like you're always parked. this is just my opinion. It's like you're always stuck in second this gear. Is, this is too long. Okay. And it hasn't been your day and it hasn't been your week. And I dare even say it hasn't been your year, Yeah. but that's, but in spite of all that, in spite of all that, I'll be there for you. When the rain starts to pour, I'll be there for you. When the milkman's at your this door. This is why
1: people don't listen.
0: I'll, is that what it is? When the milkman's at your door, <laughs> yeah. stop looking it up. Hey, we're talking about friends today. That's good. Yeah. And, um,
1: Park, why are we talking about friends? Yeah, well, we're looking at Rule Three of Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life, and Rule Three is make friends with people who want the best for you.
0: Yeah. Um, before we get into that, uh, what's to do with you, man? How's life up at Trinity, up there, in the uh, tundra, tundra north, northern tundra of uh, the suburbs?
1: It's good. I mean, uh, can't. It's good, man. I I don't know how we don't address uh. George Floyd stuff, right? Like it's good. It it I've been thinking about that a lot. You know, have yeah, been, uh, been reaching out to my friends, been reaching out to to Jared and remember Lee Skinner growing up with Lee and yeah. praying for those dudes and uh you yeah, doing? Uh they're doing all right, you know, like is as as, uh, as good as you can be in this kind of stuff. But um yeah, it's I've been grateful for them. Been actually grateful for their friendship growing up, you yeah. know, having that unique perspective. Mm-hmm. Um them sharing with me, you know, just a quick story. I was friends with Lee. He's uh, half black, half white. And we were going down to, I think it was Nashville uh, with mom. And he's coming down on a trip and we're all having, having fun. And he watched Mississippi Burning like the week before. You familiar with that movie at all? i would never seen it myself, but no, apparently it's it's all about like it. racism and, and filthy racists in the South. Hmm. And, uh, and so he's like, dude, I'm really nervous about this. I'm like, bro, it's different. Like, what are you... That was from like the nineteen thirties or something I don't know it it's not like that anymore, and he was like freaking out like very, very nervous. I think we were driving to Kentucky maybe for something, and uh yeah man so so that like opened up my eyes to a lot that that he does have a different perspective on life than I do, and uh so it, i've just been I've been thankful to God for giving me friends that look different than I do, and uh for a father who looks different than I do, and uh yeah, man, we so, should we
0: should clarify that.
1: Well, our dad is—he's uh, half Hispanic and he's half Italian. And Probably Sicilian though, dude. You ever look at Sicilian people? I don't know.
0: He looks—he look looks pretty exactly. Mexican to me too. No, he's Sicilian. He looks so—he's. I don't know, man. I went to Sicily and it was like an island full of dads walking around.
1: <laughs> I've been to Mexico and it was like an island full of dads. <laughs> it was not an island, but um, wow. I was on an island, Cancun but uh i think the dad is puerto rican and sicilian that's what i think i don't know i spent some time in puerto rico myself um so anyways i want to talk well about. which is weird even that aspect's kind of weird that we don't know what kind of hispanic he is because he's dad was adopted. yeah adopted in, in the 50s and so i yeah, care it's all the same thing right I, they didn't say that. Dad never
0: wanted to find out. You can't just throw an entire generation under the bus and say they didn't.
1: Oh, absolutely. They really just did. No, I'm saying whoever told him his ethnicity didn't care enough to be like, "Hey, you're Mexican, It was his parents. Right? I think right. it was his parents. Well, then they didn't care enough to tell him his ethnicity. Dad never wanted to know. He never, he never cared. That's not saying no one told him is what I'm saying. Fine. Okay. Whatever. So today he'd be Latinx. I believe it's pronounced Latinx. Okay, so um, yeah, man. So I, I'm doing all right. I'm feeling feeling that today. Yeah, um, dude. It's absolutely brutal. I mean, we don't. This isn't our right. This isn't our topic
0: today. But dude, you see a video of a guy getting killed on the street. Um, I won't tell you what my initial reaction was, but it was maybe it was Christ-like. I was gonna say it wasn't Christ-like, but. You know, Jesus. Here's the thing: Jesus is going to punish that kind of yep. oppression and
1: injustice.
0: Yeah. So it's like, you know, what's the Christ-like example? Well, are, are we talking Christ in His incarnation, or are we talking Christ in the final judgment? I
1: because mean, that and, ain't going to be. And pre- you see, you see righteous indignation in the temple, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's huh. right.
1: Yeah. 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 So it's it's just heavy, man. But but tying it back to friendship, I'm glad I'm glad God's given me friends with different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Even look, dude, like. I'm not saying that, that they have a, uh, that my buddy Lee should have been as upset as he would, as he, as he was when he watched Mississippi burning. I don't know. Yes. I think probably, probably more so, um, than, uh, than than I was okay for sure. But, uh, even the fact that he, he thinks about that is different. Right. And I'm glad that God's guys give me friends like that.
0: Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Well, that's a good segue to talk about friendship um because uh we're, we are talking about rule three jordan peterson and um and it's it's make friends with people who want the best for you so if you have a copy of 12 rules for life um this is the chapter that starts on 60 page 67 it's not a very long chapter no actually and this was this was a really easy read i mean you compare this to rule number two yeah, and rule sure. number two i felt whew, i felt like i was lifting some weights you know um you know mental weights this one it was more like being on the treadmill or the elliptical it was kind of like yeah, a little easier a little a little more um uh you know goes down a little smoother a lot more stories and
1: yeah so um real quick
0: I wonder, could you summarize for us you know what's he talking about in
1: yeah number three well well, stand uh rule one was stand up straight with your shoulders back and he went into evolutionary theory and uh the lobsters and, and all that good stuff Rule two was treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping and uh in that one he goes in on some of uh his more detailed analysis from um the, the maps of meaning and his his theory of uh, chaos and order and then this one was more uh just practical life experience and and some practical wisdom and um so so he's going through his uh He's going through some stories from his home hometown Fairview Alberta and uh, just a couple of his friends uh, and, and specifically one guy in particular Chris well, who he says we'll call Chris and Chris uh, was super smart they read philosophy together uh, they were they were homies and then he uh, committed suicide later in life and he started smoking weed a bunch and Taken jobs that that uh, Peterson says were were beneath him because he was he was a thinker. They'd be fine for someone else, but not for him because he's a real intellectual. And so, you know, I am not quite sure how he ties that in, because it's make make uh, make friends with people who want the best for you, who want the best for you. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how he tied that in. Was he was he saying that he stopped being friends with Chris because? Chris would have dragged him down. I think I
0: think uh the story of Chris, he talks about how Chris's brother Ed um was basically a loser and visited yeah. him when he was in Edmonton. Uh JBP was living with his sister and um and they were, you know, doing really well and then Chris's brother who was following the same path as Chris comes visits Jordan Peterson. Yeah. He's basically he's a, he's stoned out of his mind. His friend is even more stoned.
1: He's stoned out and, of his gourd. This yeah, is a great I, line. <laughs>
0: does he say that? Yeah, yeah stoned he, out of his gourd. And and it's it's like he was um, you know, uh, Peterson basically realizes, uh, he, look, this guy's got to go. He's going to drag me down. And I think, I think a couple things that are going on there. One, Ed's following in the footsteps of his brother. Ed also was so continuing to associate with losers even of a lower caliber than even his brother chris yeah and um jordan peterson although he had been friends with chris he left the association of chris remember he went to college and one of his newcomer friends who were actually doing really well like he was doing really good his upwardly mobile kind of guy peterson and this other friend they moved to edmonton and peterson you know goes and becomes upwardly mobile as well, leaving Chris behind, Chris continued on his downward trajectory. I think it's just showing the divergence of two paths. Okay. It's almost, to me, it almost seems like a Psalm 1 kind of thing. You know, Psalm 1 basically says there are two ways to live. You know, there's, um, uh, there's, um, you know, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but his delights in the law of the Lord mm-hmm. um, and then later on it says therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. In other words there's two ways to live. There's two paths you can set yourself out on. Yeah. And Chris I mean I'm, I'm secularizing this now because Jordan Peterson as we've established is not a Christian but He's drawing on Christian principles. Yeah. So it's like in using the metaphor of Chris, you're like, well, what's what's the use of that? Why is he using that? Well, it's he's illustrating these two paths. There's the upward path and there's the lower path. The lower path leads down to destruction yeah. and sort of leaves a, a wake of destruction and pulls people in to that destruction. Yeah. Whereas the upward path sets, you know, it's, it's, it's like walking in the way of righteousness, like in Psalm chapter one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I... That's. I think that's that's a good synopsis. I was just I was just wondering personally for Peterson if he ever mentioned himself cutting him off. I remember him saying to Ed, not to Chris, to to one of his other friends, Ed, who brought a loser along with him that was stoned out of his gourd. Mm-hmm. He he said, you know, you got to go. And his sister was there, and uh, he was super embarrassed. And and even Ed, who was stoned at the time, was embarrassed for his friend and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I, I just didn't know, but but I think you're right. I think that the main point is that there's these two paths, and on the path downward, there's going to be people who want to grab at you. And if you want to get off the path, they want to pull you back down, back onto the path. Does that does that sound right?
0: No, I think that's exactly right, man. And, you know, doing kind of a breakdown of the chapter, um, which which, by the way, if you're just joining us, or if you're like, what is this video, who are these guys – So what we're doing is we're breaking down the Jordan Peterson book, 12 rules for life. And the reason why we're talking about this, really, this is a conversation that, um, it's, it's kind of two years in the making. The book came out two years ago, but, but what we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to talk about this book from a Christian, from a biblical perspective. We're trying to hash it out as brothers, um, to say, look, what does Peterson get right? And then, you know, where, where does he need to clean up his room a little bit here? Yeah. Yeah, so to speak. Uh, and and what should Christians think about this advice? Because I'll tell you, man, just a quick sidebar. I was listening to um, James White, Dr. White, talk about Gnosticism recently. Yeah. Dude, Gnosticism was so insidiously close to Christianity, but then they would veer off at these key points. And I'm listening to Dr. White talk about Gnosticism, and I'm like, shoot, is that Is that jordan peterson Hmm. is he so close to christianity but off at key points that he's actually going to lead christians off the path
1: yeah that 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 very well could be man i think that's why it's it's good that we are doing this
0: i i agree because i've always viewed it as sort of the other way around like he's leading non-christians toward christianity but One thing we got to think about is what are what are Christians who are hearing this actually? How are they responding?
1: Well, and and actually, I I have had experience with that where I've had conversations with unbelievers who didn't want to talk faith until Jordan Peterson came around, and at least one of those dudes is a Christian now. Really? Um, So so I have seen that on campus, young dudes Hmm. who, you know, their parents tell them to clean their room their whole life and they don't do it, and then Jordan Peterson says, "I should clean my room and make (laughs) order out of the chaos in my." in my domicile, you know, and, <laughs> right. and it's like, yeah, you know, I, I made a joke on Twitter a couple years back, like, um, big parents, it's the big parents corporation behind them who are who are sponsoring Jordan Peterson, telling all the kids to clean their room. That's good, got big pharma, big Eva. Right, um, so, so yeah, man, I, and we talked about this last time a little bit where it's like, I don't, I don't think it's malicious. I think he's just, he's Malevolent, a please. He, yeah. He's, he's just the, a, he's a non-believer, and he's talking about the things of faith, and at times that leads him to be an antichrist, right? Like that, that um, it's anti-gospel, oh. right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, hey, that sounds uh, good, but that that's humanism, or you know, that's that pragmatism, or there's a lot of different isms going on here, mm-hmm. and it's and it's circling around the truth, but it's not the truth.
0: Well, and the reason why we accept that is because it's not the prevailing isms of the day. It's not socialism or communism or totalitarianism, and, and those it, are sort of the big threats out there. Yeah, so it's and, kind of like. Well, and he's you're a friendly that, a right? Simple. Yeah, in
1: in that aspect, like we can appreciate a lot of what he said, for sure. And I think when he gets on his practical, um, his practical wisdom that he's gleaned from his years in psychology of actually practicing uh, with people, like that stuff is it's really really good. And so you will see that more here, where he's not getting into evolutionary theory um, as much. You know, he, he's just going on like practical wisdom, and it starts to sound a lot more like proverbs, right? The, the way of wisdom and the way of folly. Uh, there's two different paths that you walk on. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, bad company corrupts. Like all these kind of things, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. You know, I, I struggle with this too because there is. This is what I hope we end up talking about. Let's just jump right in. Um, there is some kind of. Uh, at least apparent contradiction between proverbs wisdom and like gospel wisdom or like the the Christian life right so hey, you know don't hang out with losers, hang out with the wise and you'll become wise mm-hmm. and then you see Christ like hanging out with losers
0: yeah and well and and Peterson brings that up too in this in this chapter oh yeah,
1: right right he does yeah, yeah. the uh, like um proposed christian response that we had christ right
0: right? okay okay so look look let's 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 trace out his argument and then we we will get to that yeah so so he starts out by talking about his um his childhood he says it's brutally cold cats were dying because they were cats dying and
1: and they're even like micro evolving right they're they're losing the tips of their ears and their tail so i look like arctic foxes and stuff like that
0: yeah right yeah he says that um but but uh Okay, so so cats are dying, um, the, uh, the winters were brutal, and friends were very important. Okay, so there's kind of the, the, the prelude. He does get into his friend, Chris, and Chris's cousin. Uh, Chris had this dented truck, which sort of symbolized his nihilistic outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, Jordan and Chris would take these trips, they would drive all over the countryside and it's just they sort of live in this it's a rural backwater area of canada and sort of the the kind of town that you know you want to escape from and i don't know man i was drawing some parallels to lombard where we grew up a little bit like you know there's you know some people can't wait to get out of lombard but a lot of people stay end up staying in lombard not that lombard's a, a super dreary place but i didn't enjoy growing up in lombard per se it, it was kind of boring to me. yeah, It's like, I couldn't wait. That's why I live in Chicago now. It's like, I, I couldn't wait to get out of there. You know, some of us well, stayed in the burbs, like, so, uh
1: Yeah, that's great. Uh, what what Peterson talks about, which is really interesting, he's um, maybe this is jumping the gun, but he says, you know, they go to a, a college party mm-hmm. and uh, they, they, they go to college, they go off to college, and then his friends want to do the exact same things that they were doing back in their hometown. And he's like, we, we traveled thousands of miles forever, but we really didn't get anywhere because yeah. They're doing the exact same thing. They found the, the seedy part of town where they used to hang out and they're, they're scoring pot and uh, smoking yeah, and chilling.
0: They weren't going to uh, college. They traveled to Edmonton. It was sort of like a road trip. Oh, yeah.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: And it was like their first time in the big city. Yeah. And yeah. You're right. It's just they had these habits and they just kept on doing the same thing. Yeah. Even though they're in this big city where there's any number of activities they could be doing, they're not choosing healthier beneficial activities. It's just Hey, let's let's get drunk, get stoned, yeah, and hang out in the, the, the dingy parts of town. Right. Um so it, was, it wasn't not, just
1: yeah, it's not just the location, right? It's not just their circumstance, right?
0: Okay, so so then he meets a couple of friends who are from out of town, they're newcomers. He ends up moving away with one of them to to go off to college. One and and uh this guy's an upwardly mobile dude. And you know, things are things are looking good. Uh meanwhile, Chris is on this downward path. Ed is on this downward path. Um, and Ed, even though Ed ends up moving to Edmonton, he's not doing well. Right. He's he's um and and you know, here's the thing, dude. Jordan is kind of perplexed. He asked this question, you know, what kept Chris and Ed from moving forward? Mm-hmm. What was it? Was it an unwillingness yeah. to move forward? Was it an unwillingness to help themselves? Yeah. It's, was it just
1: bad friends, or were they the bad friends? They right. were. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and so maybe we take a little side detour here to say, from a Christian worldview, I think we I think we have the answer to that. What keeps people from wanting to move forward? Why do people sabotage themselves? Why do people continually choose activities and actions and locations and friendships that are bad for themselves?
1: Yeah. It's because we're broken fundamentally. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not all, you know, people always talk about, you know, we're not totally depraved. We are totally depraved. Totally depravity doesn't doesn't mean that you are, everyone's a serial killer. It means that depravity, that sin has infected every area, every aspect of your being, your mind, your heart, your volition, everything.
0: I was Uh, just talking to uh, my buddy, Andrew Rickgraff, about this he is a non-calvinist at least for now um and uh you know everybody starts out as a non-calvinist right. but um and he does listen to this podcast too so he'll he'll uh hopefully he'll give you some feedback on this um or or just you know come in in contrition and say you know i i was wrong yeah uh i am a calvinist now but um but even he he even he believes in total depression even he yeah believes, of all sinners. Of all dep- uh, even he believes in total depravity because it's like, yeah, obviously every part of the the self, the psyche, the right, soul, yeah. the spirit, we're 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 depraved. Yeah, we're sinful. We, we, Peterson later on in the chapter he even says, um, what does he say? Like basically, uh, failure needs no explanation.
1: Oh yeah, dude, De- I love that.
0: Decline and depravity need no explanation. Yeah. those things happen by default. And yeah, I'm reading
1: it's this virtue, like it's virtue that needs an explanation, right? And and I think he said success, too, but I double underlined virtue because that's for sure. He, Jordan Peterson makes this point all the time. And it's, again, man, this is something he's gleaned from from all this interaction with people. And he understands people pretty well. Mm-hmm. He, he once said something like, you know, um, doing cocaine is not the mystery. It's a similar, similar uh, thing that he just said here. S- doing cocaine is not the mystery. The mystery is why doesn't everyone just do cocaine all the time always? You know, why don't you just all just, just do it until you die? Why would anyone not do it? You know, those are the kind of things that actually need answers because we, we know that we're wretched. We know that we're jacked up, yeah. but why would anyone ever have a, a tinge of not being jacked up?
0: Yeah. And the fact that he understands that has to play into his strong anti-totalitarian bent. I mean, he's oh, very yeah. concerned about giving, um, you know, would-be dictators too much power yeah. because he, he of all people, he deals with the the psyche. You know, he he understands by virtue of his scientific endeavors what you and I understand by picking up the Bible and reading Genesis chapter 3. Yeah.
1: Or right. Romans and then and letting it uh, apply to ourselves, right? Reading the Bible in light of our own sinful nature.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. This yeah. is why, um, you know, quick sidebar, but when people talk about Romans 7, and Romans 7 is that famous passage that says, um, the thing that I want to do, I yeah. don't do. The thing that I do want to do, I don't do. People always read that and they go, well, is Paul talking about his life before Christ? Or is he talking about his life, you know, currently? He can't be talking about his life currently because look at all the struggles he's having with sin. And I'm reading Romans 7 and I'm going, dude, this is me, like, today. This is, this is, oh, you you disagree with this? I'm like, this is my experience. You know, it's like
1: a very hot debate.
0: Well, I realize this. that. But like, I look Tom, at my Tom own
1: Schreiner heart. Tom thinks, like, no, that's actually his pre... I I get but, that. But, but Schreiner also says, like, Obviously, this is something that the Christians can affirm. Yeah, but this the the language and the argument, like setting up Romans eight. And, sure, sure, sure. Grammatically, I understand. Thanks be to you. God. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Right. Thanks be to God. I I totally get that. But but I read Romans seven and I say uh, that that desire to want to put off the flesh, that desire to to want to battle against sin, is a sign of you know for us, we have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. We. We have faith in Christ. We recognize that God's commands are good. We have a desire to keep those commands, and yet, while the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Yeah. And and you know Peterson has dealt with enough clinical patients, psycholog- uh, psych- psych- psychiatric patients, where he sees how weak the um, the flesh truly is. If you want to talk about the sinful nature in terms of the flesh, yeah. And he phrases it with different language, but. We're talking about fu- fundamentally the same.
1: Thing. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Well, well backing, uh, um, you know, piggybacking on that, he he uses Carl Rogers. You familiar with Carl, Carl Rogers? No, I, in fact, when I read that, I thought he was talking about a baseball player
0: or something. Is there- no, Carl
1: Carl Rogers, right. I, I believe, started as a Christian missionary. Um, I might be confusing him with Jung because I, I know Jung started as a, a Christian as well. Mm. So maybe maybe that's him. But I'm pretty sure they have a, a similar story. Carl Rogers. Um, Uh, psychologist, humanistic psychologist, and uh, I I was introduced to Rogers through Schaefer. Francis Schaefer discussed Rogers in in his various works, as as well as uh, Jung as well, who I also was introduced through Schaefer. But he says, uh, Carl Rogers, the famous humanistic uh, psychologist, believed it was impossible to start a therapeutic relationship if the person seeking help did not want to improve. Rogers believed it was impossible to convince someone to to change for the better, the desire to improve was instead the precondition for progress, and that's that's what we're talking about, man. I even I think I wrote yeah I wrote down like irresistible grace in there yeah. because uh, that's what we believe as Calvinists that regeneration precedes faith. Like mm-hmm. logically, you, yes. you have to be regenerated. Right. Uh, to want to change, you have to have new desires. You have to have a new heart. You have to be born again mm. in order to change at all. Which is what regenerated means. Mm-hmm. Regenerated. right, dude? So it, it, and that's that's just so true, man. Like you ever try to change someone? That's like, yeah, you know, I want to change her, or hey, get on me about this, and they don't actually want to. They, right. maybe they want the superficial nod from me or whatever. I've been like that, dude. So I, I shouldn't put on other people, but yeah, I want to look good. I want to confess some stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to change. I kind of like my sin or I kind of like whatever I was – yeah, like you want to look good, but you don't actually want to change until you're not going to change. Dude, when I was in high school, me and uh,
0: my buddies, uh, you know you know who they are. Um, well, I'll just tell you. I don't care. Uh, Micah and Rocco. And uh, th- we, would, we would all – we had an agreement that um, – if, if ever we would give in to a particular sin, we had to, the the others would punch us in the arm as hard as we could right we had to yeah. be honest it was it was an accountability thing yeah right um there was only one problem uh none of us really wanted to give up that sin I mean not yeah. not really right I mean if we did we would have right yeah so you know Rocco aside from being a uh, wrestler was a boxer so the dude knew yeah he was like a little mini stallone dude but like he but looks like,
1: exactly like a mini stallone totally. well, stallone's kind of mini himself he looks like stallone he's
0: basically stallone yeah. like a younger stallone yeah. and the dude i mean you remember how Jack Rocco was i mean yeah. he he the guy knew how to punch but i could i could throw a decent punch but i mean not compared to him so i'm like like all right so joel you know did you did you give it oh yeah i did all right mm. and then he he belt me in the arm and dude after a couple of weeks of this you know getting getting bruised We're all just finally like, all right, this is enough. We're not changing. None of us is changing here. We're trying to change externally without that internal desire. And I'm not saying I wasn't born again at that time, but I'm saying I didn't have the desire internally to want to change. That didn't come along till later. The Lord had to keep working on
1: my heart. Yeah. And so, so what Peterson is saying is, you know, that, that undergirds the whole argument to make friends with, with people who want the best for you Um, instead of people. So, so don't try and use your friendship to change people, but make friends with people who I think he says would be genuinely pleased uh, to see you succeed. Right. And he's like, don't, it's not, it's not about changing them because he says friendship is reciprocal. It's not uh, it's not a one way thing of you pulling someone out of the pit with a rope. Friendship is different. Friendship is reciprocal. And that's where it, where it comes back for me, where it's like the whole Christ thing. And he, he brought up Christ as well, where it's like, yeah man. crisis with with tax collectors and adulteresses and prostitutes, right? And it's like there's there's an at least an apparent contradiction. I don't think there's a real contradiction. Well, but
0: apparent. break that down. Why is there an apparent contradiction? And you mentioned earlier uh, sort of this prima facie um, contradiction between proverbs and Jesus. Right. Now, we're both good bible believing Christians. Why would anyone say, that there's a contradiction or, or an apparent contradiction between Jesus, the one the Scripture is all about, and Proverbs, the preeminent book of wisdom yeah. in the Bible. How, how, yeah. Why do you why do you think people could see that?
1: Yeah. So you're reading you're you're reading Proverbs, and you're seeing, hey, you know, don't don't associate with fools, uh, don't go near them, don't correct them, in unless it's it's worth it to show their foolishness. But they're a fool, man, and their mouth invites a beating and that's them. Don't walk on the on their path. Don't don't associate with them. Uh, and then you get Christ, who man, it seems like he's calling out some fools to follow him. Yeah. Well, wow. right?
0: Proverbs like, Proverbs 13, 20. whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Right. That's that's just
1: good advice, right? Jordan yep. Peterson would approve of that. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, Proverbs one and and. Uh, you know, reading Proverbs, I'm reminded of of times where I was a friend with fools. Man, I was a fool myself, but mm-hmm. you know, guys who would who would who love to destroy stuff, who would we drive around in our in, in their car, I had no control in the back seat, and he just hit mailboxes, or he just hit garbage cans and laugh. Like, that's hilarious, or yell at old people. And I'm like, this is a fool. I'm associated, like there's nothing I can do. If we get in trouble, I'm associated with this. I didn't want to do anything. I can yell at him and stuff, but he's, he's not changing them. And so you get that, and it's like I don't want to hang out with this guy ever again. And then you f- you get like the the gospel in there, and you're like, well, the the field's are white for harvest, and I need to pray for this dude and share the gospel with him. Yeah. And and you see this kind of tension where you're like, all right, well, am I like called to not be his friend, but also like share the gospel with him? Well, then you also get the the uh, relational aspect to sharing the gospel, where you need to build a relationship. And and you and I both know, like, hey, dude. If you, if you think that you're going to have your neighbor over for six months and then share the gospel with them after burgers for six months, like, Hey, you're probably never going to do it. That, that, if trope, you're using that as an excuse,
0: that trope is an excuse. Right. Uh, you can't just go out and share the gospel with someone. You have to build relational credibility. Yeah. And if I don't know someone's story, how do I know how to share the gospel? Well, it's yeah. real easy. You go to Romans six twenty three. you say the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God, is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Bam. I mean, you've shared the gospel.
1: And, the, right. and there's, and there's wisdom to it too, right? Like you can, you can ask their story in five minutes. Oh, dude! Like, yeah. hey, hey, tell me about your, tell me about your, uh, spiritual background. Right. But you and your, I both know church this, church. what I'm talking, I'm talking about right, the, right,
0: the right. cop out that says, no, right. I still haven't put in enough yeah. time yet.
1: And I, I know that have... cop out well, because that, that was my life. Like I, I did that, right. I use yeah. that all the time. Sure. We all so, have. So there's you, that you more than others. But yeah. You know <laughs> have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll address that comment later when, after I have you over. You shall
0: barbecue.
1: not. So, so that's the apparent. I just, I just realized what you just did. <laughs> I almost spat my coffee it's out. Good. That, was good. that was good. So uh, on page 78, Peterson uh, addresses this comment. And he says, but Christ himself, you might object, befriended tax collectors and prostitutes. How dare I cast aspersions on the motives of those who are trying to help? But Christ was the archetypal perfect man. Yeah. And y- you're you. How do you know that your attempts to pull someone up won't instead bring them or you further down, dude? Imagine, imagine oh, let me finish. In the uh, imagine, in the case of someone uh, supervising an exceptional team of workers, all of them striving towards a collectively held goal. Imagine them hardworking, brilliant, creative, and unified. But the person supervising is also responsible for someone troubled who's performing poorly elsewhere. And he goes on to say that that, that troubled person will bring the whole team down, rather than the whole team sharpening and and uh, making the the low performer look like the high performers.
0: Well, dude, and this is where you get the, the apparent contradiction between Proverbs and Christ and the New Testament. This is where that con- uh, apparent conflict is resolved. So if you're just joining us, just tuning in, we're talking about Jordan Peterson's third rule for life, which talks about don't uh, make friends with people who want what's best for you. And it's like, okay, in the old testament, it seems like that advice holds. Proverbs agrees with that. Jesus comes along and hangs out with all these people yeah. who would be the exact opposite of the of the kind of people that Proverbs and Jordan Peterson tell you to hang out with. So so here's where the conflict is resolved. At least and tell me what you think about this part. Yeah. Okay. So I love how I love how Peterson goes, but Christ was the archetypal, perfect man, and you're
1: you. I love like, that, dude. He says it with just he does that a few times in the book where he just like hits you. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. Well, and this
0: book is is it, well, this chapter I should say, it's it's almost a little ironic because the whole chapter is about how you're not the messiah. hmm Right? And it's like Peterson himself, if you ever watch there's this documentary, The Rise of Jordan Peterson. He's got a little bit of messianic uh aspirations. Hmm. Uh he, he had, well, I, we won't get into that right now, but, yeah. but he kind of like, so, and there are people who kind of view him that way, but the, but his point is you're not the Messiah. Now, this is where I think, this is where I, I think that there's two ways we resolve this. On the one hand, you said it yourself when you were quoting, uh, what's his name? That, the, the the former missionary psychologist. Yeah. Rogers Rogers. He says, you have to be willing to change. Look at the, the people that Christ impacted. Um, think about the, uh, Think about the Samaritan woman in John four, okay? She'd been married five times and was cohabiting with her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. Then you got Zacchaeus, who was a fraudulent tax collector who was, you know, ripping people off to the, the to to a great enough degree that he made a very comfortable life for himself mm-hmm. at the expense of his countrymen. Then you've got the uh, the Gadarene demoniac in Luke chapter eight. I mean, these were people who were at the pinnacle of depravity. And yet they encounter Jesus and instantly their lives are changed. Instantly they had the desire to change and the ability to change. Okay. So Peterson comes along and says, don't make friends with, with people like that. But we say, but Jesus made friends with people. That's exactly the point. This is how you resolve that tension. Mm-hmm. You don't lead them to yourself as savior. Yeah. You're not the savior. Yeah. You don't go around making friends that you can save. Mm-hmm. if you do that you're falling into that trap yeah um uh that he um, talks about
1: dostoevsky's dostoevsky, uh, yeah. notes from underground yeah which is horrific man oh dude but but so real that's so honest of like the human nature and dude, dostoevsky like, got it it's and it's like for someone who doesn't get that like oh yeah i just don't understand or peterson goes really hard and i just don't get it or dostoevsky like that you, you don't know human nature very well like we're what? we're we're a- like angels and demons, man. Like we're made in the image of God and we're broken and we do sick stuff to each other. Right. I mean, we see it in the news right now. Like we're seeing it with police brutality and racism and all sorts of stuff. We see it with kids, you know, throwing toads in the fire or like picking an ant apart. All
0: the way down, picking the, the wings off a of fly, right. gossiping about someone behind their back secretly. Peterson brings this up in his interview with Dave Rubin on uh, the, the Rubin Report. Um, he talks about you know, a bad friend is gonna be secretly happy when you fail. yeah, because that means that you're a little bit lower yeah. you're a little lower than they are They're, you're yeah. or maybe you're a little closer to their level, you know and um and and so much of our evil, here's the thing man we we go on Twitter, we follow the latest hashtags and it's like the evil of some people is so apparent. Mm. It's, yeah, killing people in the streets, right evil, yeah, reprehensible. Yeah. worthy of 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 retribution big time right but how much evil is in my own heart that never it's never going to be a trending i hope on a, <laughs> sure. a, a topic on twitter right and yet if it were i would be i would be just as worthy of condemnation as the yep. worst sinners out there right. so so when you understand human nature you can you can recognize even our purportedly best Motives for wanting to help people can still be corrupt. Am yeah. I helping this person because I want to help them, yeah. Yeah. or am I secret, secretly rejoicing that I'm not as bad as them? Yeah. Am I secretly gaining satisfaction from that, or or am
1: I just trying to make myself feel a little better? Right, about like myself? without me, this person would kill themselves. Right, I'm right. the
0: savior. Yeah, and that's why as Christians we don't point to, to ourselves. We we say, hey, I'm a you know that old that old illustration. I'm a beggar who found bread. Mm-hmm. and i'm going to lead you to the bread yeah i'm not the bread jesus so, is the so the bread. so
1: what's the thing with that then so i i love that i think that's good but so we're called it like like long suffering and and uh you know bearing each other's burdens but that so that's bearing each other's burdens it's bearing other christians burdens so maybe that's different than when you're sharing the gospel and you're like hey you know what dude like maybe i was just planting a seed with this guy and it's time to to give up time for someone else to go and, and water or whatever like He doesn't seem, you know what I'm saying? It's tough. It's the kind of tough stuff where like, I want to be friends with this guy, not as a manipulative way to be like, hey, if you're not interested in the gospel, we can't be friends at all. I don't know, man. I I don't know. This is the kind of stuff that I I wrestle with, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. For sure. Okay. Um, Proverbs twenty nine one. I was just looking at that this morning because it today's the 28th as we record this. Are you still doing the proverb of the day? I took a break. I'm reading through John right now. Okay. Okay. So I'm still doing the proverb of the day. uh, And um, so I'm listening to the audio this morning and it, it, it carried over to, so today's the 28th, but it carried over to chapter 29 and chapter 29, verse one of Proverbs is so good. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read from the CSB. One who becomes stiff necked after many reprimands will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. Yeah. Okay. Now, dude, there's this common theme throughout Scripture. You can find it in Hebrews chapter 6, for example, where it says, one who has tasted of the Holy Spirit, who has tasted of the things of God, and then goes away and hardens his heart, he yeah. cannot be brought back. Mm. It's like he's, he's beyond recovery. Now, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible, all right? But there's this theme in Scripture that it is possible to place yourself in a position where it becomes very difficult. To 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 be willing to be brought back. Yeah. Uh, another example would be um, uh, in uh, let's see when Paul's giving instructions to um, uh, where is it? It's like he's, he's giving instructions to the church, and he says, you know, um, if this person will not repent, put him out of the church.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I was gonna uh, I was gonna bring that up too because I was thinking church discipline, right? Right. Right. And, right. And yeah, you're it, you're. You can't associate with us if you're still sleeping with your stepmother. Right. Like, I'm sorry, man. You, We, we went to it once uh, with one person. We went to it with two people. Mm-hmm. You're unrepentant. You're not living like a Christian. And for your own good, you can't be with us until you repent. You don't get to befriend. Like, you don't get to come to church potluck. Right. It, no. You need to go away and live uh, in separation from us. And Lord willing... Like you will repent and you'll come back to us, but it's for well, your own good. And, and contrast two stories. You've got the woman at
0: the well, the Samaritan woman who was on, it was, it was, you know, going on her sixth husband, right? Very immoral. And then com- contrast her with the rich young ruler who, you know, seems successful by the world standards. Right. Okay. Um, Jesus has an encounter with both of them. The woman at the well instantly repented and went out and evangelized her whole town say say, let a revival in her whole town yeah the rich young ruler he had a greed problem even though outwardly he was doing really well and and jesus tells him how to overcome his greed problem go sell everything you have give it to the poor follow me there's the key phrase right follow me and the man what does he do he walks away feeling dejected for he had great wealth Mm -hmm. what did jesus do did he go no don't walk away uh, let me continue to build a relationship let me work and and hear your story and build no he let him go yeah because jesus recognized in in his perfect wisdom that that man did not want to be saved he didn't want to be helped yeah and he,
1: he well he does that too with with uh would be disciples who say mm-hmm. let me go bury my father or right, hey let the dead bury their dead And just so you know, like foxes even have holes and and homes. I don't have any. So count the cost if you're going to follow me, right? Right, right. And to
0: your point earlier about bearing one another's burdens, you know, that comes from Galatians chapter six. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Mm -hmm. Now, that kind of is what Micah and Rocco and I. We're yeah. trying to approximate, we're trying to restore one another by punching each other in the arm whenever we were caught in a transgression. Yeah. But then it says this, okay, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. But then at the end of that paragraph, and I'm talking like three verses later, it says, for each will have to bear his own load. So, help each other bear each other's burdens, yes, and amen. Amen. But there's a limit to that you're not the savior you're not the messiah at the end of the day you've got to teach people to carry their own load you can't constantly handicap yourself and 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 um no uh we bear with each other and we forgive one another for sure but you are not the savior and you can't when it when it comes to choice when it becomes a choice between you moving forward in your own relationship with Christ and helping someone else out and they're proving themselves to be unwilling to be helped, you don't stop following Jesus in order to slow down and and yeah. and, and retrograde and downgrade your own walk with God to follow. Yeah. To your, Cause then then that becomes codependent.
1: Well it, yeah. And I think uh, an important clarification, there's this quote that's been irking me for years. Uh, respect yourself enough to walk away from anything that no longer serves you, grows you, or makes you happy. It's Worst quote on the internet. Robert too. And it's always got like a a beach in the background. It looks so nice. And yeah, you know, I have respect yourself. I'm just respecting myself. And then in instant counter examples, how about freaking grandma? Hey, you know, grandma is not serving me. I'd have to serve her. Right. And I'm not talking about our grandma. I'm speaking to the general grandmother, right? Like, like when, when Nana gets sick. Uh, she's not growing you and it probably doesn't make you happy to try and help her with her bedpan. Mm -hmm. So what should I do? Should I respect myself and walk away? And and Peterson says, that's not what I'm doing. He says, and none of this is a justification for abandoning those in real need to pursue your narrow blind ambition in case it has to be said in case it has to be said this, right? So yeah, don't do that. But what he's saying is, is use discretion here and, and realize some people don't want to be helped. And some people want to drag you down. Some people, um, like he brings up uh, uh, David, this the sculpture, and how you know it, it kind of shows us our inadequacies, and it could kind of mess with us because you see like, "Oh man, I could I could look like that if I if I worked hard, or if I had you know if I was." And he's probably not just talking about the phys- uh, physicality of it, but he brings up David in this chapter. Did yeah, see yeah, page uh, uh, eighty three. Michelangelo's great. Perfect marble, oh, yeah. David cries out to its observer. You could be more than you are. Yeah. Right. And because and David is jacked. Yeah, and he's and he's beautiful, right? And it's like, well, I'm not that jacked, and I'm not that beautiful, right? And that's a perfect man, right there, right? So, archetype. Yeah. Well, dude, I gotta go back to the archetype thing because he he calls Christ the archetype, and oh, he yeah. doesn't mean what Christians mean by that. All um, right, so talk about David though. What about David? Well, so, anyways, um, where was I going? I don't know. I think I brought it up already. So he's he's um he's saying make friends who want the best for you. Make friends who are gonna spur you on and help you look better. Not someone who's gonna see you as a David-esque figure because you're more uh, you're further along than they are. You have your life together more than they do, and so they're gonna want to drag you back down, right? There's like two responses you could have to to David. You could look at that and be like, dude, freaking David. It's not even that good, right? There's there's a there's a little chink in his foot right there, or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't look that great, and I find myself with that attitude all the time, which is terrible. Or there's the other one where it's like, dang, David is heavy, freaking Jack, man. I should work on myself. I should I should improve myself. Yeah, hey, maybe don't say freaking my my kids are going to listen yeah, to this. That's great. Don't so that. um, maybe maybe I can't look perfect like that, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going to use that as an example. Maybe I put that picture up on my wall. I'm going to start working out again. So there's two different types of people, and he's saying, Befriend the second type. Those who yeah. aren't gonna, you know, begrudge your success. Okay. Yeah. And
0: you know what? In that same section, dude, we gotta talk about this because this there is one quote here. And I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm reading Dr. Peterson wrong here, but there is one quote that really bothers me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and it's the quote, it's on page eighty three again if you're if you're just tuning in here we're talking about jordan peterson on choosing friends for yourself and one of the quotes one of the things that he says to do is to remind them remind your friends remind others that they ceased caring not because of life's horrors which are undeniable in other words you know some people play up their own suffering and we should yeah. probably talk about the parallels between What Peterson says here and the great divorce, the people in hell and the great divorce. Yeah, sure. Okay. But he says, not because of life's horrors, but because they do not want to lift the world up onto their shoulders where it belongs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's the thing. Peterson in this book, he's, or in this chapter, he's advocating, not trying to be the savior for others, but
1: he sure is advocating that we try to save ourselves. Yeah, everyone's their own atlas, and you're, you know, which okay, man. I I think he goes too far with that, like the way too know, right. But when he does say, like, yeah, bear your burden and and lift your burden and and you know, put it on your shoulders, and every day, you know, you know, bear your load, get underneath a load, have some responsibility. That's really good. But I, I I noted that section too, and I wrote humanism question mark because it's like, yeah, um. The world's not on my shoulders, man. And if it were, I would be crushed instantly. The world right. is in God's hands. Yeah, and specifically in Christ's hands.
0: So Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature, upholding all things by his powerful word. And so, and I re- I recently read this in a commentary. Contrast the image of Atlas with the globe on his shoulders, struggling with every step mm-hmm. to christ in hebrews 1 3 upholding everything by the power of his word Mm -hmm. his speech upholds everything you know the the logos the word just upholding that's where the world belongs yeah now does christ give us responsibility better believe it Mm -hmm. of each going back to galatians each one of us must care carry his own load but Jesus says, "Come to me, all you who are heavy burdened, mm-hmm. weary, and I will give you rest." Yeah. So in Christ, there's this there's this parallel between yes, we're carrying our burden, but Jesus says, "My yoke is easy and my yeah. burden is light." Right. It's when you try to carry
1: the world on your shoulders without Christ that it becomes, dude. Burdensome. Amen, man. Yeah, and so you see, it's 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 a a bad dilemma there. It's it's between hey, either you gave up. And you don't want to do that. And I can see why you'd want to give up if you thought you had to put the whole world on your shoulder right. or it's, you know, bear everything. And, you know, just with the, your face, like a flint, you're going to carry your whole family and everyone. No, that's not it either. Like there is a third way and it's, it's Christ. And that's putting yourself in the proper relation. I am an image bearer of God and uh, I've been called to work. And that's a really good thing, but I can only control what I can control. And it's not much. But I'm going to do my part, right? I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to be a good steward of my time, of my family, of my money, for sure. And it's going to be really hard. But I have him. I have the Holy Spirit indwelling me, you know, carrying me along. And at the end of the day, I know that he is sovereignly controlling the world. And I don't have to be God. Man, what a what a what a relief to know that you actually don't have to be God, right? Because there's like, hey, you are not God. And, and there's a time for uh, rebellion reproof and hey you're actually not god but then there's a time for relief too when you remind yourself you're not god you don't you don't have to be what a relief man what a what a weight off i don't have to control everything and plan out my whole life perfectly Mm -hmm.
0: so what i so there's a lot of things that we can appreciate Mm -hmm. in this chapter totally i think think especially you can read this chapter with the book of proverbs open (laughs) you know yeah there's a lot of parallels there um but that being said, there's there's enough to be concerned about here that you can't read this uncritically.
1: Totally. Yeah. You know, you, you can't yeah. just,
0: you know, drink drink from the fire hose and, and try to suck it all down and say, yeah, it's all good. I mean, it's like anything, man. You got to yeah. eat the meat, spit out the bones.
1: Totally. I I think Peterson, I'm so glad we're doing this book because I think he provides such a good e- example for Christians listening to this and for you and I to practice eating the meat and spitting the bones. He sounds a lot like us. He's got some good practical wisdom that we can say, I like that, I'm going to use that. And he's a prominent figure. So yeah, I'll quote from him and stuff. Yeah, buy credibility with non-believers. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. I can I can plunder the Egyptians, but also there's some stuff to spit and and to show the uniqueness of the Christian worldview and where Peterson's ideology fails and where Christ's ideology, you know, the truth of of the Christian worldview succeeds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There's one verse in the New Testament, which I think really encapsulates what Peterson's talking about here. It sort of encapsulates this, this desire to help others while also keeping yourself um, uh, safe from being dragged down yeah. into into uh, self-destruction or corporate destruction. And that's James one twenty seven. It says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction so there's that desire to help others yeah. to lift the burden of others and to keep oneself unstained from the world so you want to do right you want to stay on the upward path you want to you know uh live your life um with a proper relationship to being as peterson might say which we would say walk with god yeah in, in the ancient language you know as he puts it help those who are truly downtrodden who desire and need and crave the help that you can give them? Mm. In doing so, yes, you are being like Christ. And the greatest help we can give anyone is to lead them to Christ. Yeah. Um, I was just uh, just actually uh, I gave the eulogy at a, a friend's funeral today, earlier today, um, and talked about. Uh, I I actually preached from Second Corinthians chapter one, where it says that the comfort of Christ overflows to us just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us and how God comforts us so that we can be a comfort to others yeah and it's like you know man i uh i i want to help these people what what resources do i have that's actually the wrong question the the question is what resources does god have
1: yeah what is and, yeah. Right or what is he giving me? Right, and
0: what, what is called, God giving me? Right, not what do I have in of to, myself.
1: Exactly. That I'm called the steward. That I'm going to be held accountable for. How about that? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. given me for these people, for my church, uh, for whoever. Yeah. That I will be held responsible for. What yeah.
0: I'm and and um, you know, reminds me of Proverbs 26, where it says, "Do you see one who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool." Than for him. Yeah. So we don't we don't try to draw from the depths of our own resources. Mm-hmm. We're the ones who need help. Yeah. And when God helps us, we can help others. Yeah. And uh, but in so doing, we have to be very wise, very cautious, so that we don't get pulled into this vortex of um, codependency that's going to bring us down. I think yeah.
1: if there's something we can
0: glean from this chapter, I think that's probably it.
1: Yeah. And and uh, just just my final thought here. With, with Christ, it's such a good turn of phrase, but Christ was the archetypal perfect man, and you're you. I, I love that. But also, we're called to imitate Christ. Amen. And we have the Holy Spirit who's uh, living within us, helping us do that. And that doesn't mean that we're going to take on the sins of the world like Christ did, but we're called to be Christ to everyone we encounter. And God's preordained that we do that, that we, there's good works, that we walk in them, right? that we represent Christ to the world. Um, and so I think he's mistaken on that, too. Like, uh, I, I think he's, he's right. And I think what you've drawn out about Christ and those um, downtrodden and wretched sinners that, that we see turn to Christ uh, and, and get off of that path, right? They get off of the, the way of foolishness and onto the, the way of wisdom, even though they return to the path, right? They're not mastered by it. They're slaves to righteousness now. And yeah they, they return to their old uh, I'm thinking Romans uh, six um, slaves of righteousness and, and slaves to sin mm. right so so they' they're in the kingdom of Christ. There's all these analogies that the Bible uses. Uh, they're not in the domain of darkness anymore even though right we're not calling we're not saying uh, sinless perfectionism right right but, but following Christ is it, it means that you will show compassion to people. It means that you will use wisdom. And that's actually a hard thing too, right? Using discretion to say,
0: yeah.
1: I don't think this person wants to be helped, right? And and I only have so much time. I want to help people who want to be helped or I want it, right? It's That's really and hard. Have the humility to have the,
0: not respect yourself enough, not put yourself on a pedestal enough, Right. have the humility to know that God is not calling you to be this person's personal yeah. messiah. Right. That's a humility thing. That's not yeah. a self-respect thing. Yeah. That's a humility thing.
1: Totally. Uh, so like and, that. and, and
0: and and it comes from recognition that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Messiah, and we're not. And so, you know, anybody watching this, if you're if you're trapped in one of those um relationships, man, maybe you're the one dragging someone down. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we would tell you the same thing that we've had many godly men mentors tell us repent. Yeah. <laughs> repent. Yeah. Turn your mind to Jesus. Also. Turn to Jesus, and and He He conquered death. He rose again. He bears the weight of the world on His shoulders, and He will give you responsibility that you can handle with His help.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: you've got to first, you've got to repent. And stop trying to be your own God. Stop trying Amen. to be your own Jesus.
1: Yeah. Amen, man. This was really a good one.
0: Yeah. This is, this might have been our best.
1: I don't know. Yeah. That well, one last week with Chris Bolt was pretty really good. good. That was pretty really good. Too good. Well, I hope uh, I hope this one has helped you. Make friends. Hope it rolled the globe off your shoulders. Oh, that's a good one. Ooh, I like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not as You're good not as hope Atlas. it... What's that? <laughs> right?
1: Just your Matt Chandler.
0: You're not Atlas!
1: <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right, man. All right.
0: You're good. That's it. Uh, hey. Yep, we're done.
1: <laughs> Get <laughs> out of here.